Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance, our podcast series where we speak to leaders across industry to talk about financial innovation and fintech. I'm Rolf Merchant, part of the team at Innovate Finance, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Pope, who is Tink's Head of UK. Tom, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Rolf. Excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you, and thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, so, Tom, um, I'd like to start a bit with you and, and your background. Uh, just, uh, you know, keen to hear how you came into the world of fintech, and in particular, what led you to to Tink and uh, heading up the UK team there. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, I I wish I had a better answer than it was an accident, really. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was in the consulting business, and I, like all consultants, had worked in various different sectors and happened to do some projects in the fintech space and thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. Something's going on here. Um, payment seems to be an interesting game. And uh, I kind of went from that into a role at WellPay and saw WellPay through its various incarnations, pre-IPO, post-IPO, Vantiv, FIS, and all that. And you know, on that journey, got to hear quite a lot about open banking and thought, actually, this sounds like this could be kind of where where a lot of the action is going to be in the next five, 10 years. And mm super interesting space so decided to take the plunge and join think brilliant well a happy accident i think it's fair to say yeah, yeah, um, yeah. tom i guess a lot of people will know a bit about tink um but for those listening who aren't so familiar can you maybe just give us a brief overview of tink's core proposition and in particular what problems tink is trying to solve yeah i think tink Tink's a great, a really interesting company, actually, because Tink's been in this space for about 10 years. And Tink was one of the real pioneers of open banking. You know, the, the founders of Tink were building a PFM, a personal finance management app, before a lot of these things were common in the UK. And in fact, I think way ahead of any of the others in the UK. And so Tink was really at the kind of the forefront of a lot of the thinking around how can we use this sort of access to bank data and this open data economy to create interesting products for merchants that, that, that solve problems. So Tink's mission today is to power the new world of finance. Um, we work with banks, we work with payment customers. Um, and I would say our problems are really anywhere there's a bad user experience, um, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, anywhere where there's a kind of a suboptimal user experience. I think we, in the finance or the payment space, we try and step in and provide solutions. Um, so we we kind of focus on three main areas. We do a lot of work around attracting and onboarding new users. So we have products that really help streamline onboarding flows for merchants and the PSBs and the kind of other payments providers and banks. Um, we do a lot on the personalization front. So bank data and kind of how can you combine bank data and apps and categorize your transaction data and things like that and give consumers spending insights. Um, and then a third track around risk and payments and how can we use the open banking data to lower risk, check people's income, affordability, streamline loan applications, mortgage applications, lending, the payments kind of journey. So those are the real the, the, the three themes. But the thing which unites them is it's this kind of how do we use this new open data economy to make user experiences better for consumers yeah. and merchants? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, there are a huge number of use cases and avenues to be explored with. With open, yeah. bank and open data um and actually the reason we got you on this podcast today was primarily to talk about payments so open banking mm. payments and this is something which is you know adoption is clearly on the rise and one thing i think's curious or, or want to kind of get get under the skin of is actually what is driving the growth of open banking payments and 
is this something that's going faster in the UK or or in or in mainland Europe or are there markets doing it better than others? Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a really interesting question, and that is something that's you know I, I personally find super interesting. Um, I think within open banking payments and payments generally, you have to look at the spectrum of user experiences, uh, and there are some really great payment experiences out there, and there are some really bad payment experiences out there, and I think we at Tinker, you know, obviously particularly interested in those bad ones. But I mean, a, a, an example of a great user experience might be some of the one-click checkout experiences that are available. I mean, Amazon, of course, is famous for pioneering this. That's pretty quick. That's instant. That's a very pleasant payment experience. Um, likewise, if you're paying with Apple Pay or Google Pay in a shop or in sale, you know, a couple of clicks, face ID, it's very secure, it's very quick, it's very instant. Um, there are then in the middle, I say, some kind of weaker user experiences. Sometimes some of you know, the e-com checkout processes can be quite cumbersome. You're entering long numbers, things like that. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But there are also some really bad user experiences out there. Um, and I think, you know, an example of that might be topping up an investment wallet. Mm. Um, there are those experiences sometimes where they say, right, here's our account number and our sort code and here's a long reference. You need to send this exact amount to this account number, this sort code, you must type in the reference exactly. So you as a consumer are being redirected out of that investment app or that you know, online website into your banking app and to make that payment. It feels pretty cumbersome. It's pretty clunky. Obviously, there's a lot of dropout. So that, you know, that is an example of an experience which open banking can totally transform. And we can totally digitize that. We can make that instant. We can eliminate dropouts. We can eliminate kind of user error. And so we unsurprisingly are seeing really kind of rapid growth in that area. Um, so yeah, I think to kind of <laughs> come back to your question, where, where's your bank payments rise the most? I think definitely those bad, clunky offline experiences today are where we see the growth. So that account top-up use case, paying bills and invoices, that's something that I think has always kind of been a, a big pioneer in and we see a lot of a lot of excitement there. Um, and I think in terms of where, the UK is definitely a pioneer. Um, we've you know, always been leading the way in open banking here in the UK. Um, we at Tink obviously have a strong presence in the Nordics as well. A lot of the Western European countries are seeing growth. And then I think some of the Southern European areas are a bit behind in terms of user experience, but we're starting to see that really pick up. Um, and you know, we've got a couple of customers down in markets like Italy and Spain who are really excited about some of the growth that they're seeing, um, but it's just a bit further behind the curve. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so from a business point of view then what are the biggest opportunities for businesses in in the payment space you know where can they um where can they innovate best yeah i think for a lot of businesses we should never lose sight of the fact that payments is just not not necessarily that important right like, they, they might not particularly care about the payment experiences you've got an awful lot of things to worry about if you're running a business and if your payments works it might not matter that much maybe working is just all you need maybe you don't need it to be amazing but at the same time you know there are businesses which have turned payments into a source of major competitive advantage um i mentioned amazon earlier that's a classic example of this you know the one click checkout experience is absolutely central to amazon's business model um, and it's a, it's a key reason why returning shoppers go to their website and so I think the opportunity for businesses with open banking payments is here's an opportunity to make payments a competitive advantage for you. Uh, if you're an investment wallet and you're trying to attract, you know, re repeat consumers and you want your wallet to be topped up, then you should absolutely be making that experience as seamless and as quick as possible. 
Um, if you do that, you're going to see a you know, significant increase in repeat users. And it's not just about payments as well, of course, right? Like if you can improve your onboarding flow by using open banking to streamline that process and you know use the verification and you know, that, that is inherent in having a bank account as part of your KYC or know your consumer checks, that's a source of advantage. If you're a lender, if you're a mortgage provider, you know, if you can use open banking to streamline the journey and verify income instantly, that's a big plus one. So I think kind of whether it's payments or other things, you know, for businesses, the opportunity here is just all around taking that clunky experience, making it better, and in doing so, drive a lot more kind of loyalty and kind of re- return business from your consumer. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I mean, seeing it as a competitive advantage or you know gaining a competitive edge from payments is uh it, it, it's a really interesting way of viewing it um now on a bit of a bit of future gazing for you which we always mm. love to get people to do on this well, on this podcast and maybe this is quite a big question so you you, you know apologies if this is a tricky one to unpack but just inter- interested in understanding what you see as the biggest disruptive forces in shaping the future of payments over the next i don't know two three four five years what do you think what's going to be the disruptive change that we'll see in payments yeah tricky one hey <laughs> i mean of uh I, I feel like i should say the combination of visa and tink yeah. <laughs> 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 no, i'm not actually contractually obliged to say that i promise <laughs> no i mean <laughs> i think it's interesting isn't it because i think there are elements about payments which were clunky five years ago and what, what's been solved since then right you could look at it that way and you could say well if you look at authentication, that was a real pain point kind of five, 10 years ago. And where you had 3DS, the 3DS one experience was pretty poor. Well, now three, you know, authentication is becoming mandated and you know, 3DS two experiences are really good. That's really helping. And of course, open banking has a is fully authenticated two-factor by design, and, and that really helps. Um, and so that's kind of something that's been solved. I think as we go forward. I think the trends and the things that are disrupted, I mean, I think you're going to see fewer actors generally. Um, there are a lot of people involved in payments, a lot of companies in the chain. Um, I think there's a there's a great opportunity for simplification coming. Um, with open banking, it is the merchant, it is the open banking provider, and it is the consumer's bank, right? Mm-hmm. And, and on behalf of the consumer, it's a much simpler process. That means it's easier to work with. There are fewer costs. There are fewer kind of flaws in the system. You know, it, it makes kind of life a lot easier. Um, I think you've also, you know, got a theme emerging around kind of just payments becoming more instant. Merchants want to be settled, you know, if not instantly, very quickly. You know, I think you're not going to see in five years many providers being able to get away with settling T plus two, T plus three. I think settlement's going to need to be either instant or T plus one. We're seeing that a lot across all the different kind of spaces, um, and so that's that's a big theme. And again, that that's something that we're we're, we're definitely able to support on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess there's also a theme around just payments becoming more and more invisible. Um, it comes back to that user experience point, but the best user experiences are ones which require minimal intervention, often right, and, and happen as quickly and seamlessly as possible. Um, I think we. You know, open banking does offer merchants the opportunity to white label. There's often not a ne- the need for a third brand. If you're at the checkout, it can just be the consumer and their bank. There's no need for kind of another brand necessarily to be involved there, another login screen, another set of credentials to remember and things like that. Yeah. It's just, you know, pay with my bank, click on that, and I'm, I'm done. I'm paying an invoice. Okay, click pay, link my bank, and I'm done. There's not a need for, for, for much more complexity. 
so <laughs> it's, a it's a tricky question but i think that kind of that kind of drive towards simplification things becoming quicker i think it, things becoming a lot more seamless yeah is, is definitely there and i think you know if you look at some of the technology that's underpinning the open finance and the open banking movement it's new technology it's it's built by design to be all of those things um which which gives it enormous advantages of course yeah it's a really interesting space and i think the you know the, the what seems possible uh it would be amazing if if it could be delivered and, and delivered soon so um yeah really interesting to to see how that will unfold um now one of the things we've been talking about in the uk in the last couple of days is uh variable recurring payments vrp um and i'm interested in getting your your take on this is vrp you know, really critical to the, to the future of payments um, and do you think it'll reach a stage of, of mass adoption uh, in, in the near future? Yeah, <laughs> it's, this is a tricky one. Um, is, is VRP coming and, and will it be a thing? Absolutely, right? Like this is the final piece of the jigsaw for us in open banking payments. We can do one-time payments today. We can do recurring payments today if the payment amount is fixed and the schedule is fixed. But being able to vary the amount and vary the schedule to create a card on file type experience, something that kind of we at Tink are now calling bank on file. It's sort of, a, you know, it's probably in the long term, something of the holy grail, right? And we talk a lot, talks a lot about user experience, but that's how you unlock that, you know, really seamless returning to an e-com providers kind of checkout page without with minimal intervention, you know, how you make that experience super seamless. Um, you would effectively link your, you, know, you would go onto the merchant's website and you would link your bank and then that kind of bank would be stored on file so there's no need to constantly re-authenticate potentially. Mm. I mean, I think we should acknowledge that there are some challenges. Uh, I think we've got to get this right as an industry. I think it would be easy to rush into it and in doing so, kind of mess it up for everyone, frankly. Like we're, we're dealing with an, <laughs> an important topic, right? Like handling, handling funds is a serious game. Um, I think that there are use cases of it which will be kind of ready sooner. Of course, we know in the UK that the sweeping use case, and we had the clarification yesterday from CMA on this, you know, that sweeping use case for topping up and kind of moving money between accounts that you own, current accounts you own, I think that's going to be really successful. I think VRP for replacing things like direct debits, I think that's going to be a really big growth area. Um, and I think merchants are going to see that. But I think BRP for commerce, I think there's a few more things we need to iron out. We definitely, you know, we're, we're working with a lot of the CMA9 at the moment. We, we want to be the pioneer of this. We want to be first to market. We, we're treating it as, you know, a really, really important, serious game. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of cheerleaders that would be sort of naive and say, yeah, in a year's time, we're all going to be having a bank on fast type payment method and this is going to be mainstream. I think we've got a bit of a way to go first on that. Yeah, well, that's um, that's really interesting. And w when you start referring to things as the holy grail, you, you know, you have to get excited about, <laughs> about the possibilities. Um, but no, I think I think you're absolutely right. There's there's some things that will will move faster than others, and um, yeah, you know, brilliant to see where where Tink's going to get to with this, and of course, other players in in the space. Um, but Tom, I think that's actually a really good place to to stop. Um, really interesting insights there, Tom. Can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for joining. No, thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Well, that is about it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. 
Please do keep an eye out for upcoming episodes. We do have many more conversations with fintech players planned. And we have all our previous episodes available to listen to on our website. So please do take a look at our back catalogue for many more insights on fintech and financial innovation. My thanks once again to Tom Pope, UK head at Tink. Thank you at home for listening and do join us next time for Coffee with Innovate Finance. Bye for now.